Hey everyone, and welcome to the April 1st episode of 10K Dollar Day. It's April 1st, 2020. We're super excited about this episode. If you've reached this episode, then you're not looking for our bonus episodes, which drop on Saturday, and you're not looking for our dailies, which are dropping every single day uh, while we are on stay-at-home measures. So, Allison, are you ready for this? I'm so ready for this. All right. Happy April 1st, everybody. Here we go. Books. Happy Wednesday, book lovers. It is April 1st, 2020. And if you are a bibliomaniac, you have come to the right place. I'm Lulu Picard. I'm Allison Burns. And I think it's safe to say we could have titled this podcast, We Love Books, don't you think, Allie? Uh, are you kidding? I absolutely adore it. Did I tell you? I did a wallpaper wall today in my bedroom full of book spines. Wow. Well, I'm very crafty. You are very crafty. That is one thing I absolutely admire about you. <laughs> and for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, we'd like to say a big, hearty, happy hello. hello. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get right to the heart of this podcast. It's our author crush segment. I'm going to go ahead and start. My author crush this Wednesday is Sue Monk Kidd. She is the author of The Secret Life of Bees. Have you read this book? I have, and it was turned into a movie. You know they're never as good as the book. That is absolutely true, but I will say that it did win the People's Choice Award for Best Movie and the NAACP Image Award for Best Picture. So somebody out there liked it. (laughs) Now, Sue Monk Kidd was raised in a small town of Sylvester, Georgia, and this place was deeply influenced in the writing of her first novel, The Secret Life of Bees, which I have to say is one of my favorite books. And it's about a 14-year-old who runs away with her friend and caregiver, Rosaline, to the South Carolina town that holds the key to her mother's past. And there she meets the Boatwright sisters who take her in. They teach her about beekeeping and honey and the Black Madonna, but I don't want to give anything else away. So this lady, Sue Monk Kid, she is just amazing. And now she lives in North Carolina with her husband, Sandy, and her dog, Barney, which I got to say, when I first read that, I thought, oh, those names should be flip-flopped. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, thanks. You can learn more about Sue at suemonkkid.com. So, Allie, who's your author crush? Oh, well, I wanted to stay on theme, so I picked someone that is dreamy, but also was born on April 1st. Oh. His name is Edmund Rostand. He is a neo-romantic French poet and dramatist. He wrote Cyrano de Bergerac. That was also turned into a movie called Roxanne with Steve Martin, if you remember. Oh, I do remember. Yes, and he also has a little bit of a connection with musical theater. I'm not a huge musical theater fan, so I hope I get the name of this right. His uh, work, Les Romanesques, was adapted into a show called The Fantastics. I hear it opened and closed the same day. So he called himself a poet even when he was writing plays and I do think he's super dreamy but he is married he was married to the poet and playwright Rosamond Etiennette Girard they had two sons Jean and Maurice and Rosamond 
I am jealous of you, girl, because we know that his poetry must have been so romantic. Oh, so that is our author crushes for today, April 1st, 2020. And if you have an author crush, go ahead and put it out there in the universe. That's right. You know, words are the quickest way to my heart. Oh, I love when you speak like that. Careful, you'll have an author crush on me. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we're going to move to our sentence structure challenge, or more commonly known to you all as gas. That's gals analyzing sentences. I think I'll take this one first. Is that okay with you, Allie? Oh, of course. I really don't like running the podcast. I love it when you do it, and I just get to sit there and say something else. Oh, that's why we make such a good team. Okay, here's my gas. The sentence comes from George Orwell's 1984. This is a dystopian novel, and it explores social and political structures in a dark, nightmare world. Now, this was a big stretch for me, because you know I don't like anything scary. I don't like anything about the apocalypse. Um, so when I, when I found this line in the book, it actually shocked me to my core that I was picking it. Here it goes. The opening line of the book is, it was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Here's the sentence structure. It, pronoun, was, verb. So we know that this is now a story that is being told. A, determiner. This is important, but always in the background. Bright, cold, adjectives. I love a double adjective. The writer is giving us a lot of context here. Day, noun. This is where I'm starting to see the picture in my mind's eye. In, adverb. April, noun, which is my favorite month because I married my amazing husband in April. And conjunction, my personal favorite POS. That's part of speech. The, determiner. Clocks, noun, were, verb, striking, adjective, 13. Now this is where the tables turn. So let's read the sentence completely. It was a bright cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Now what a better way to start a book about a world where not everything makes sense by having the clock strike 13. It is simple yet completely effective. And that is why that is my gas sentence. Now Allie, let me hear your gas. Well, you're not going to believe this, but it has something in common with yours, and I love it when that happens. Oh, wow. I know. So did you say that that was the first sentence in the book? It is. Okay. I picked one that was in the middle of a book. So I picked a sentence from Everything Under by Daisy Johnson, the 2018 paperback UK edition. Mm. I found it on page 48. And here is the sentence. I am 13 years old and indebted to you and to words and to the tangle of bank and water and forest. So right off the bat, 13. Wow. And what a lucky number that is. Absolutely. It's perfect for an April 1st episode, I think. So let's look at this sentence. First of all, there are 22 words. 
Wow. That doesn't mean anything, but I really wanted to tell you that. It's in first person. Mm -hmm. I am 13 years old and indebted to you. It is spoken to a specific person. I'm going to be honest. I didn't read the rest of the book, so I don't know what the you is or what the I is. I really don't know anything about the book at all, but I wanted to pick a sentence completely out of context and really get to know it. You're such a smart cookie. Thank you. That is a lot of carbs, though. Mm. Okay, so she uses the phrase tangle of bank, which I really love, indebted to you and to words, and the tangle of bank and water and forest. Tangle of bank is great because it's a metaphor. It's not just the bank of the river, but maybe she's talking about financial struggles like the tangle in a banking system. Again, I don't know what the book is about. I could be completely off about that, but that's what I pulled out when I took the sentence completely out of context. And that is the whole point of this exercise. Way to go. Absolutely. The only other thing that I pulled out of this, I'm going to read the sentence really quickly to you again. Okay. I am 13 years old and indebted to you and to words and to the tangle of bank and water and forest. I don't know that a 13-year-old would know the word indebted. Hmm. So either we're dealing with a highly precocious preteen or it's everything has just crumbled around me and now I don't have anything to stand on anymore. Mm-hmm. So this sense of instability and also groundedness because she does use a lot of nature words, which nature, soil, ground, you know, the juxtaposition of being stable and unstable both at the same time. Wow. It really spoke to me. It almost makes me want to read the book. You gave me multiple chill effects during that gas. Thank you. Good job, Allie. Thank you so much, Lulu. Anytime that I can give you chills due to gas. That's always what I want. Well, now you know what time it is. It's time for... I Like Books. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start this off. This week, I am reviewing Sheeple. It is a book written by Royal Ragsdale. Now, I really didn't know what to expect with this book, but it was recommended to me. So here we go. It starts off very simple, introducing three main characters, Mary, Gary, and Harry, which I'm sure we all can relate to. They live in this beautiful environment and they each have a companion that protects them, which sets up the first overall theme of love. Oh. Now, within the first few pages, we are immediately introduced to the antagonist of the story, which in this situation is a wolf disguised as a sheep, which we all know is an idiom of biblical origin used to describe those playing a role contrary to their real character. And I'm sure we all know someone like that in our lives. We sure do. I sure know my share of wolves. Hmm. Now, this is when our theme switches to power and corruption, and the main characters make some terrible decisions resulting in their fate, which completely stunned me. I have to tell you, I did not see this coming. Now, here is where the turn happens. The book actually gives the reader a chance to turn back time. 
They place their hand on one of the book's pages, and within one page turn, we are back to the earlier story right before evil wins. (gasps) So it's like a choose-your-own-adventure? It is, but it's like this concept I have never seen in a book before, where instead of choosing the path they go, you actually just go back in time. And oh, I apologize. I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting very excited. So I start to speak a little faster. So I need to take a few deep breaths. That's grounding. Okay. So yes, like the choose your own adventure, except there's only one choice. It's to go back. And this time the reader helps change the theme to good versus evil. And this time good prevails. Oh, I love that. This is a roller coaster of emotions. And I was just all over the place. I was laughing. I was crying. I, 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 I was holding my breath in anticipation. And then at the end, it was this sigh of relief. And so that is why I have to give it five stars. Oh, sheeple. That sounds great. It really is a great book. And so I urge everyone out there, uh, especially families, it's great for families. It has so many different themes in this book that readers of all ages can choose from. Go on Amazon, go to your local libraries, find this book, Sheeple by Royal Ragsdale. And I promise you, wow, you will not be disappointed. Oh, that's great. Um, For my book, I picked the California Heritage Cookbook. Oh, wow. From the Junior League of Pasadena in 1976. It's a hardcover book, so you know it was expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. It is the original Pasadena Junior League cookbook. Now, Lulu, do you know what the Junior League is? I do know what the Junior League is. Well, I didn't, so I had to look it up And it turns out that I think I'm just not rich enough to know what it was, or possibly not socially important enough to ever have been invited. Mm -hmm. But it was founded in 1901 by social activist Mary Harriman, and it is now a very large women's volunteer organization. It is global. Mm -hmm. It encompasses over 140,000 women around the world. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? I really have to say, I've been to a few of their meetings, and the women there are extraordinary, and all book lovers. (laughs) Perfect. I mean, I'm a little jealous that you were invited and not me, but that's okay. Uh, So they have chapter titles in this cookbook based on the regions of California. So for instance, the chapters are called the Monterey Peninsula, the San Joaquin Valley, San Francisco. And this was a used book. And whomever had this book before me put check marks next to the recipes that she made. And let me tell you, she must have had some really crazy parties. (laughs) That's so helpful. I know. It is a California-based cookbook and therefore they do include lots of menus with wine pairings Mm -hmm. now i don't drink wine i know you don't drink wine at all but it is useful to know if you have a party that someone's going to come over and partake a little bit of the bubble juice that you know what to pair with it that's right and there is no judgment here let us say that absolutely 
Absolutely not. <laughs> now, this has a lot of basic recipes. So this could be somebody's only cookbook. There are recipes for roast chicken and for crown roasts and shrimp cocktail and things like that. But they also have some recipes that I would say have gone the way of time. Okay. Lots of things in aspics and gelatins, lots of 1970s party platter type mm -hmm. of things. Uh, so it's really kind of a time capsule when you start reading it. And one of my favorite sections is their tips and tricks in the back of the book where they have a lot of really great kitchen tips. I'm only going to give you one because I want to make sure that you get the book. Okay. <laughs> but... One of their tips is to freshen celery, and who doesn't love a wilted celery? But <laughs> to freshen celery, cut a washed, unpeeled potato into several pieces, place the potato and celery into a container, cover with water, and refrigerate a few hours, and your celery is crisp. Look at that. What a nice little tip. There's a lot of science there that I just don't understand. But I will definitely be trying that next time I have wilted celery. And that brings me to 10,000 words. Oh, I love that. And can I ask, how many stars did you give it? I gave it four stars only because I couldn't find the dust cover. That makes complete sense. And those were our reviews of these two books for the week. Next up, it's my favorite part of the podcast. It's our Bible bait and switch. Now, the plot here is you walk into a hotel room and you have 60 seconds to switch out that top drawer Bible with any book of your choosing. Allie, do you want to kick things off? I sure will. So I thought, hmm, what would hotels really need? And I picked Anchor Management for Dummies, the second edition. Oh. Yeah, it has lots of information on how to control your road rage, air rage, office rage, and dealing with angry children, all of which could possibly be things that travelers are dealing with. That is such a smart choice. Thank you. It also explains the difference between anger and aggression. Hmm. I didn't read the book, so I don't actually know what the difference is between anger and aggression, besides the fact that aggression has four more letters. It also shows you how to effectively and safely de-escalate difficult people and situations. I can see that I can see that being so helpful to somebody on a business trip or maybe on a road trip with their family for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's just so many reasons that I think this could really replace that top drawer Bible in a hotel room. That's a great choice, Allie. And I do have to say, I know there's some people in their cars right now who are yelling at the podcast about what the difference is between anger and aggression. So I'll go ahead and help you out here, okay? Okay. So anger is an emotion that motivates us to act. But aggression is a behavior motivated by the intent to cause harm to other people. So anger is the feeling mm -hmm. and aggression is the act? That's correct. Oh, I'm learning so much. That's what I really love about doing this podcast with you. I feel that every time we do it, we really do educate people and bring them something that they didn't have before, some sort of knowledge, concrete knowledge, I think is definitely our brand. And if nothing else, maybe it's just that now... They like books too. Now time for my Bible bait and switch. 
I'm going to stay on the biblical path this time because it's something that's very important to me. And I'm choosing a book called Lamb. But here's the twist. It's the gospel according to Biff. (laughs) Who's Biff? Now, Biff is a make-believe character. It's a childhood friend of Jesus Christ who is assigned to help look after him as he grows up. Now, believe me, this book is sure to offend, which is so out of the box for me, I know. But once I read about it, I thought this is a, a nice little change of pace for the people listening to the podcast. So Biff is really looking out for Jesus as he grows. So if Jesus is ever tempted by a young lady... Or, or something else that may get him into trouble, Biff takes the fall for Jesus. And don't we all wish that we had a friend like Biff? Now, is Biff a person? Biff is a person. Oh, so interesting. It really is. So that would be my Bible bait and switch. I love it. Well, keep Biff away from me. You know, I don't like to have too much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we are already at our last little segment of our podcast, and it's called What's Been Okay Today? I'll go ahead and start. Today, I was able to quickly and correctly move my husband's top pants button over just a few inches to make room for his happy little belly because I have to say, I have been cooking up a storm lately. So that's what's been okay today. Here's what's been okay today for me. My phone died and then I charged it. But I will say it was a toss-up between that and the fact that I opened a pickle jar on the first try. Oh, wow, that is a toss-up. You should have saved one of those for next week. (laughs) So remember, if something went okay for you today, just tag us on social media with hashtag okay today, and we'll see it. And if we see it, it'll make us feel pretty okay. Well, I hope this podcast made you feel okay today. But before we end, let us hold on to this quote from The Great Gatsby. And so we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Wow. I don't understand it. Well, it simply means we have this desire to write the past that drives us, and yet, inevitably, we are drawn back into it. We continue to repeat mistakes. Oh. But as we hold on to that quote... Let us know we don't have to go down that path. We can change our future. It's like sheeple. Yes. This is very themed. You're a very smart woman. Thanks, Allie. You're welcome, Lulu. I like books. This is not produced by Ashburns. Music is definitely not by Stan Collins. The graphic art would have never come from Jacob McAllister. But we would still like to thank Buzzsprout, our podcast hosting platform. And now, we'll end this podcast the way we end every podcast, with friends like us. Who needs libraries? I like books.